You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. The fact is, is that, hey, listen, fear, those things can keep us in our bunker, and while we're there, we start developing big butts. What are those? But I don't know enough. But I'm afraid. But I'm just not in the mood. But I don't have time. But they might think I'm a nerd. God is expecting too much. But isn't that the pastor's job? But I don't know where to start. But, but, but. Everybody said what? But. Have you been developing a big but? Perhaps yours is, but I'm not equipped. Or, but there's someone else who could do it better. In today's message, Pastor Dion explains these buts develop out of fear and they hold you back from all that God has for you. Today you'll hear about the times when the disciple Peter was living out of fear and how Jesus helped him overcome it. Take an honest look at all of the excuses you have for why you're not moving forward in your faith. Let Jesus help. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts chapter 9 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. Well, guys, after Jesus' resurrection, you know, he died, was buried, he resurrected from the dead. After that resurrection, he spent like 40 days with his disciples. 40 days the resurrected Jesus spent with his disciples, encouraging them and inspiring them and instructing them. And then right before he ascended, after the 40 days that he spent that time really pouring into them, Before he ascended, Jesus gave them an important assignment. He said, go into all the world. Everybody say, go into what? All the world and preach the good news. Preach the good news that he is the Messiah, the Savior. So before he ascends, he tells them, hey, listen, I've spent three and a half years with you. You know who I am. You've experienced it. Now I'm asking you to go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples. Now that's a pretty big ask for a ragtag team of uneducated boys, really. I mean, because they had no formal education. Most of the disciples, they seem like they belong to the cast of the Gator Boys. And when you think about it, Jesus was leaving the most important job ever with these guys. And everybody say, ay caramba. Uh So Jesus is, you know, giving them this assignment. The most important assignment is to preach his good news to the whole world, that he is the Messiah to the whole world. Then Jesus told them that he would send them a divine help so that they could accomplish that amazing work that they could spread the news that he was the Savior and the Messiah. Jesus said, I'm sending you to do it. I'm going to give you some divine power. In fact, in the book of Acts, it says this, Jesus said this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. 
and you will be my witnesses, everybody out loud, in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's a pretty big job, right? He says, but I'm giving you this job, but I'm also going to give you divine help to share that message that I am the Savior to the entire world. Well, guys, the disciples left that ascension with that assignment, and they went into Jerusalem. And in five years, this motley crew of disciples saturated all of Jerusalem with the good news about Jesus Christ. Within five years, saturated all of Jerusalem. Thousands of Jews became believers in Jesus. The church was growing, but not moving. That was the problem. That's right around the time when Christian persecution started. All of a sudden, a religious leader named Saul, he spearheaded a crusade of persecution against Christians. He had the backing of the religious leader, the high priest, or the Jewish high priest named Caiaphas. So here, Saul of Tarsus starts this persecution against Christians and against the church, and he has the backing of the highest order, religious order in Jerusalem, Caiaphas. Caiaphas was also the guy who was responsible for spearheading Jesus' crucifixion. And Caiaphas, that high priest, had also, he had the power of Rome behind him. Because there was a guy, Pontius Pilate, who was looking the other way during this persecution. Yes, he was still in power, still uh, the governor of Israel during this time. And he was looking the other way at Christian persecution because the Roman emperor Caligula felt that Christianity was a threat to his empire and he was actually also behind the bloodletting. So all four of them were in part, part of the bloodletting of Christians in Jerusalem at that time. So that was going on. The persecution had started as the disciples were saturating Jerusalem with the gospel. So Christians, in the midst of this persecution, started fleeing Jerusalem in droves. Some Christians fled to the mountains of Jerusalem up in Samaria. Some of the Christian Jews fled to the coastal plains. And guys, this would have really been a good time for the apostles to get moving because they had just been staying there in Jerusalem. It would have been a good time for them to move and fulfill Jesus' order to preach the gospel and start churches outside of Jerusalem. It would have been a good time. But instead, Peter and the disciples went underground in Jerusalem. Instead of this persecution moving them out to create churches outside of Jerusalem, they just went deeper. They just went deeper. You see, everyone responds to terror in one of three ways. All right? There are the people who, when terror arises, they fight. They say, bring it, right? Then there are the people who flight. They're the ones who say, run, Raggy, run, you know, like Scooby-Doo. When terror strikes, they're running. But then there's also this third group that they do this. Everybody said out loud, they what? They freeze. Now, before Jesus' crucifixion, Peter was a fighter. 
You remember, he pulled a sword, sliced off Malchus's ear in the Garden of Gethsemane. You remember the story. Peter was a fighter. He was always standing up. You know, he was always ready to defend Jesus before Jesus' crucifixion. Then after Jesus' crucifixion, Peter ended up being a flighter. He took off and was hiding out behind locked doors for fear that he might be arrested. Now, both of those were wrong responses at the time. And now Peter freezes. Everybody said he did what? He freezes after he's been sent out to preach the gospel to the whole world. And now there's persecution. They've done it in Jerusalem. It's working. But now there's persecution. Good reason to move out. But instead, he freezes which is yet another wrong response. And everybody say, oh, Peter. Now, we would expect Jesus to say to Peter, that's three strikes, buddy. You're out. Forget it. Forget you. But Jesus knows our weaknesses. In fact, Psalm 103, verse 13 says this. Read it with me. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers that we are only dust. So even though Peter's making a lot of mistakes, Jesus doesn't give him the boot. In fact, Jesus knows his frame, knows Peter's frame. Jesus knew Peter's weakness. And what was Peter's weakness? Peter did not react well in crisis. He never seemed to use his head. In fact, one incident stands out clearly that Peter didn't react well in crisis. Remember when there was a storm happening, Jesus comes walking on the water and Peter says, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come out on the water. And Jesus says, come. And Peter gets out of the boat and takes a few steps on the water. And then all of a sudden, he saw the wind and the sea and how boisterous it was. And he began to sink. He almost drowned. You see, Peter needs for things to be calm to walk with Jesus. That's what Peter needed. Well, Jesus calmed the storm for him then at that time in Galilee. And Jesus calms the storm for Peter now, right here in Jerusalem in this persecution. Because what we know from the record, all right, persecution started. Peter goes, you know, he's supposed to go out, but he goes deeper into Jerusalem underground. And so Jesus knows Peter, in order to walk with him, in order for Peter to walk with Jesus, things have to be calm. So Jesus calms the storm of persecution there in Jerusalem. What we know from the record is that Jesus confronted Saul of Tarsus, the religious leader that was spearheading the persecution of Christians in Jerusalem. Jesus appeared to Saul and said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Right? Remember? And you know what happened? Jesus saved Paul or Saul in that encounter. Saul was no longer a threat to Christians or to Peter. But what you may not know is that the supporters of Saul's crusade were also taken out of the way. 
If you look at the history books, the same year that Saul was saved, the emperor Caligula was assassinated. Pontius Pilate was fired and sent into exile. And Caiaphas, the high priest, was removed from office as the high priest in Jerusalem. All of it happened all in the same year. Do you think it was a coincidence? <laughs> Jesus knows how to take care of things. If you've ever wondered how far the Lord will go to help you out, now you know. He will move kings and kingdoms. And here's a statement. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Say it out loud. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. I like it. In fact, here are a couple of verses. Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 30. Read it with me. The Lord your God is going ahead of you. He will fight for you. Isn't that awesome? And then there's Isaiah 45 verse 2. God is speaking. He said, I will go before you and level the mountains and smash down the city gates of bars and iron bars. And I will give you treasures, secret riches, and you will know that I am doing this. You'll know because, hey, that's no way. That's a coincidence. There's no way that that is a random act, right? God says, hey, I'm going to prove it to you. And he did to Peter. Jesus just moved right in, took care of Saul, took care of Caligula, took care of Pontius Pilate, and took care of Caiaphas all right away. Persecution drained out. Air taken out of the persecution. Now, once the haters were removed and the persecution stopped or the storm was stilled, Peter emerged from his bunker in Jerusalem, ready to continue his walk with Jesus. Here's what Peter did. Peter began to travel and visit the Christians and the churches that were outside of Jerusalem. Let's pick up the record from there. Acts chapter 9, verse 31. Persecution's ended. Peter comes out of his bunker and he goes to the rest of their areas around Jerusalem. First time. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. They were multiplied. Now it came to pass, as Peter went through all parts of the country, that he also came down to the saints who dwelt in Lydda. There he found a certain man named Aeneas, who had been bedridden eight years and was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. Then he arose immediately, so all who dwelt at Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Wow! Everybody said what? You know, awesome things can happen when we decide to come out of our bunker of fear. I want to say it again. Awesome things can happen when we decide to come out of our bunker of fear. 
What we need to recognize is that fear of failure, fear of inadequacy, fear of persecution can paralyze us and in turn keep us from being a blessing or a miracle to others. I'm going to say that again. What we need to recognize is that fear of failure, fear of inadequacy, fear of persecution can paralyze us and in turn keep us from being a blessing or a miracle to others who are paralyzed. Not to mention the inactivity in the bunker when we're there causes us to develop this. Everybody say it out loud. Big butts. Say it out loud. Big butts. So here's the fact. The fact is, is that, hey, listen, fear, those things can keep us in our bunker, and while we're there, we start developing big butts. What are those? But I don't know enough. But I'm afraid. But I'm just not in the mood. But I don't have time. But they might think I'm a nerd. God is expecting too much. But isn't that the pastor's job? But I don't know where to start. But, but, buts. Everybody said what? Buts. That's where we develop buts in our bunker of fear. Did you know that Jesus said our big buts can keep us out of his blessings? In fact, Luke in his gospel recorded a parable that Jesus used to communicate this message that our big butts can keep us away from his blessings. In the story in Luke, Jesus said that three men were given a mina. That is a form of money. Let's call it a coin. All right, three men, his three servants, master gave his three servants one mina. They were instructed to multiply the mina while the master was away. He said there, do business until I come. When the master returned from his journey, he called them, the three men, in so they could give an account of their success. The first man happily announced that he had invested the mina and it yielded ten more minas. The master rewarded that guy handsomely. The second servant came in and he said that he too had invested it and it yielded five minas. Again, the master rewarded that servant. But the last servant came in with the mina he was given. He had hid it in a hole, in a bunker. He showed it to the master along with his huge butt. I would have, but I was afraid that this. I was afraid of that. The master was angry with that servant, at the fruitless servant, took the mina away from him and gave it to the most productive servant. Blessing was stripped away, Jesus said. The moral of the story is, here it is, everybody say it, use what you have. Say it again. Use what you have. The only mistake is to not risk making a mistake. Multiply what you've been given. Salvation, encouragement, teachings, blessings. 
Risk it. Share it. Invest it. That's what Jesus was trying to say. In fact, that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus took a lot of risks to bring salvation and healing and hope to people. He took a lot of risks. So let's all, everybody, be just like Jesus. Let's be just like Jesus. Well, there in Jerusalem, Peter had been in a bunker, and he finally decided to be like Jesus. I'm going to mimic what Jesus did. I've been hanging out in fear. I've been building my big butts. But now I'm going to emerge out of this place and I'm going to be like Jesus. Peter left his bunker in Jerusalem and he traveled 30 miles. And we read the account. He traveled 30 miles to Lydda. Now, everyone that visits Israel has been to Lydda. See, the Tel Aviv airport is built on the old city of Lydda. So literally, everybody comes into Israel, spends time in Lydda. So from Jerusalem to Lydda, Peter travels 30 miles. Now during Peter's visit in Lydda, he was given the opportunity to pray for a paralyzed man, a guy named Aeneas. Aeneas had been in that condition for eight years. And then, just like Jesus had commanded the man at the pool of Bethesda to take up his bed and walk, you remember that story? Pool of Bethesda, there was a man who was paralyzed, stretched out along the pool. Jesus walks through there, he sees the man, he looks at the man and says, hey, don't you want to be healed? And he says, well, I I wish, but I needed somebody to help me in the pool when it's being stirred by that angelic power. And Jesus said, I'll be your huckleberry, right? And Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. Remember that? The man stood up and he walked, carried his mat out. Well, Peter now is confronted with kind of the same situation. A paralyzed man is lying on his cot. And Peter's already decided, I'm going to be just like Jesus. And so he sees the guy on the cot and he says, hey, Make your bed and walk. And guess what happened? He said, Jesus has healed you, Aeneas. Make your bed and walk. And Aeneas jumped, and he probably started dancing. Right? He started by, I mean, he starts singing, Jesus has saved me. To him be praise, to him be praise. Amen? It was awesome. Not only did Aeneas get healed, but his story went viral. The entire county, the Sharon Valley, that's the whole valley of the coastal plains, the whole valley caught wind of it. And the whole valley was inspired and ignited to believe in Jesus.
This has been another edition of The Simple Truth. Thanks for tuning in. Jesus changed history, and when he changed history, he changed the world. Throughout the book of Acts, we get a glimpse into the early church and just how much Jesus' life impacted those around him. Jesus showed humankind not only how to live and love, but how to spread the love of the Father to the world. Here at The Simple Truth, we pray that you learn to live and love just as Jesus did. And once you do that, we pray that you share his love with the world, just as the disciples did. We're so glad that you tuned in today for Pastor Dion's teaching in the book of Acts. We'd like to encourage you to spend even more time studying the Word, learning about Jesus' life in the New Testament books. And we'd love to pray for you during this season as well. So please let us know how we can specifically be lifting you up to the Lord. Give us a call at 505-753-4363. That's 505-753-4363. Do you live in the Española area? If so, come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. Find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. If you can't make it in person, we invite you to join us virtually through Facebook, where we live stream all of our services. Just follow the link to Facebook that you'll find at tmcalvary.com. Thanks for tuning in today, and be sure to join us again next time, right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands, and together we stand. Together.